Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Lazaro podcast. The Lazaro podcast takes a deep dive with the builders, investors and developers in the crypto industry. Today I'm joined by Derek Yu, CEO of PureStake. PureStake is the company behind Moonbeam, an Ethereum compatible smart contract parachain on Polkadot. Derek, thanks for joining us today. Can you thanks. introduce yourself? How did sure. you become involved in blockchain? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me uh, here on the on the show. Um, so yeah, I can introduce myself quickly. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I mean, as, as you said, I'm, I'm Derek. I'm the CEO of PureStake. Um, you know, we're the company uh, is most known for our project uh, Moonbeam, and so <clears throat> um, you know, when we've been working on that for for some time, although we are involved in uh, a couple other things, which are, uh, you know we may get to here in the uh, uh, you know in the interview. Um, but um, but yeah, my background has really been in uh, you know building kind of software and technology companies for a long time. Uh, you know that's uh, geez, that's probably twenty five years at this point. You know I've been you know kind of working in the technology space since the you know the first like internet wave. Um, you know series of different startups, um, including one that you know achieved uh, you know some pretty substantive scale, which I think we'll also um, you know, probably uh, talk about a bit later. But uh, yeah, so I've been building software, and it's really only somewhat more recently that I've you know, obviously become quite interested in crypto. I mean, so that was since the beginning of 2019, I've been you know, pretty much focused, uh, you know, fully on, uh, you know, on crypto and kind of, uh, you know, building kind of infrastructure and, and products in this space. Yeah. And so before you started PureStake, uh, what exactly was that company doing that, that you built? Yeah, so I mean, I'd say that a lot of my experience before, you know, SaaS or cloud um, in just from the regular Web2 space. So you know, the notable, um, you know, kind of company uh, that I'd started before um, PureStake was a company called Fuse. Uh, so started that uh, with one other guy back in 2006, and I was there for a long time. So I was there for I think uh, 13 years building that company up over time. So um, yeah, you know, uh, kind of uh, I call it kind of the the book of many chapters, right? Kind of from an experience perspective, because you know we started off the two of us we kind of grew the business, we, you know, got, uh, you know, VC uh, kind of funding from some notable uh, VCs and, you know, continued to kind of, um, you know, grow and expand uh, that business. Um, you know, by the time I I kind of left at the beginning of 2019 to start, you know, PureStake, um, you know, that had become, you know, it was probably about a 700-person company, about a $150 million run rate uh, enterprise-focused uh, cloud business. We had kind of an enterprise sales model there. Compared to other maybe uh, you know, builders in this space, you have a, a really strong traditional background. Why did you make the switch to the wild west of the blockchain industry? Yeah, well, it's a lot more fun for, for one, I would say. Uh, but uh, I guess maybe I didn't know that when I before I, I started. Uh, but I would say, well, so there is a bit of a story here, right? So um, you know, I mean, one has to be introduced to this to this, and I think you know, you need like an, enough time, I guess, to even dig into some, some of this. But, you know, really the, the, the key thing for me was the, um, you know, my co-founder from this company, Fuse, um, you know, that I'd worked with for a long time, right? So we worked together for quite some time. You know, he left to start a crypto project. Like, so, you know, he got very excited about crypto and, and left. So, you know, his name's Steve Kokinos. He's now the, uh, the CEO of a, a project called Algorand, um, which is based in Boston, like I am. And so, you know, he had met uh, uh, this other guy, Silvio Macaulay, who's a, you know, kind of a famous uh, cryptographer. And um, yeah, they, you know, he got quite excited about, you know, crypt blockchain and crypto, left to start uh, Algorand. And, you know, you work with someone for like, you know, for 15 years or, and you kind of, um, yeah, you know, we know each other quite well. So, you know, he was sharing a lot of that excitement with me and saying, hey, like, you know, you really got to understand kind of what's happening here. There's like, you know, this technology is going to change, you know, the way you know, the, the way kind of like, uh, you know, value like is moved on the internet, it changed the way that financial services are kind of created, consumed, uh, you know, and delivered. And uh, so that he, I think he's, I credit him with kind of creating that spark. And then of course, you know, you go on your own journey of starting to read and understand. And, you know, a lot of the work I started actually, you know, with his project, Algorand, right? So started, you know, really understanding that since I had, um, you know, I had someone I could actually speak to about it, right? And kind of ask questions. And, um, you know, as you learn more and more, then, you know, it became quite clear to me that this was, you know, this is kind of like a, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity to kind of get in into something that's really going to have a big impact in the world, but at a, you know, an early stage. Mm. So in the early days of pure stake, you were mostly building tools for Algorand staking, was it? Is that correct? 
Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, given obviously the, the connection there, um, you know, we uh, we really kind of like we're working to help support, you know, the, the launch of that network. Um, you know, we were doing work around um, and actually we continue to, to, to provide these services. So like uh, infrastructural work, I'd say, um, you know, when you come in to blockchain, we kind of have to figure out, OK, well, where where do we start? And we, we had you know, given this, you know, the traditional kind of Web2 background we had was not just building software, but specifically in this kind of like a, a cloud or SaaS like setting. So we had like quite a bit of um, uh, of kind of DevOps and kind of infrastructure expertise. And so that's kind of what we, we said, hey, like we can help you with this, right? So, um, you know, kind of uh, work around, uh, you know, running like uh, nodes, like on the, you know, the Algorand network, uh, an API service, we continue to run that. So kind of like the Infura, like uh, uh, for Algorand, for developers that want to connect uh, to the network. And um, so that's just how we kind of contributed to, you know, to that network, to launching it. And, and you know, we continue to do uh, some work in this area. And so, yeah, I think, but with, the, with anything, you know, like you start, you need to start somewhere and you start with something, you know, and, um, you know, but you have to kind of put a lot of irons in the fire. That's kind of one of the lessons I would say I learned from, you know, previous um, adventure startups I've been in is that, you know, you have some idea, you're like, okay, this is going to be great. You start, but you know, nine times out of 10, like, it might not be that the idea is wrong, but at least there's going to be some set of assumptions that were incorrect, basically, right? So you have to start somewhere, you kind of use that as an opportunity to engage and learn, and then you evolve or kind of, you know, figure out like, you know, where it is you have to move to kind of find product market fit for like whatever, you know, your product or services that you're creating. And then I'm assuming at some time you, you went from, you know, strictly looking at the Algorand ecosystem to deciding to build Moonbeam. How, how did you come to that decision? Uh, it's a good question. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, for us, it, it's a little bit of like the, the kind of some of the preconceived ideas we came in with and some of the, I guess, uh, you know, beliefs that we wanted to bet on, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that we felt strongly about. And, for, you know, for me in particular, there's a couple things. I, I would say there's a series of things coming from this kind of Web 2 background into Web 3 that, you know, are kind of striking. Like, and, you know, and I think they're actually all opportunities for building products and services, but when we, you know, we, we kind of went down one particular path, but to just describe what those are. So one of the things that strikes me is kind of the, um, is kind of the, the UX, right? And the, these areas of like the end user experience, I think are like vastly like under invested in, uh, in, in crypto in general, right? I mean, you know, if I, at Fuse and you have like a mature kind of web two like mass, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, product focus on like just regular end users, we probably had like a third of our product, like an engineering staff were focused on like end user experience kind of questions. And, you know, you look like here in crypto, you know, you're lucky if you have like one designer sometimes on like some of these teams, right? It's all like cryptographers and other like backend engineers. So, but that's actually not the idea we decided to pursue. The other thing that I say I was struck by is that, you know, kind of there, you know, there was still even at that time kind of this idea that, well, you, it's kind of like a monochain kind of like concept, right? Where it's like, okay, you kind of choose your blockchain, you build an app, you like deploy it on that blockchain. And that seemed to me to be not like, you know, based on everything I know, that's like not the way things work that, you know, you, the, you know, the things tend towards specialization, things tend towards, you know, having, you know, multiple different kinds of even like computer systems or any kind of systems, right. That become specialized into different functions and that, you know, the ability for these kinds of systems to talk to each other, like the networking layer is extremely important. And um, so, you know, when I went, you know, you kind of went to go look, okay, well, how do these, how do these blockchains talk to each other? Like, and, you know, how is it that one creates new ones? Uh, you know, those were questions where you kind of like don't, you, you, there aren't that many good answers to that. Even so back in 2019, like you still kind of get led down certain paths where, you know, even for this idea of, okay, I'm going to build a new blockchain, what's the easiest way to do that? I'd still say even today, it's still, you're kind of looking at, let's say Cosmos SDK and Substrate as like the two ways to do that. I mean, it, it kind of, in my mind, it, you know, to build a blockchain from scratch is this like massive effort. And now you have these frameworks that can reduce the, effort, the energy by a lot. So that was somehow obvious to me that, okay, like this is going to be important because it kind of, I liken that to the early days of the web when, you know, in the early days, people would hand roll everything from scratch. Basically, they would like build these apps like from scratch. And then these frameworks came along that made it like a lot easier to build like web applications. So I kind of see a, a parallel there. But then there's also this networking layer. So like, how do these things talk to each other? And you can see there's a lot of innovation happening in this area now. But, 
I would say it's all kind of like layering on top. Like there's like these different bridges and other things that are layering on top. But I think what was clear is that, um, you know, uh, having a, a native networking kind of capability to be able to, you know, connect different blockchains together and have them speak to each other, that was going to be important. And again, I think you get led down, there's only a few areas where that's kind of happening. And so uh, the combination of those two reasons is what led us to Polkadot. Because I think Polkadot has, you know, this substrate and this ability to create these specialized chains. And then it has this native like networking layer for these, like, you know, these um, chains to talk to each other. So those seem like two quite critical, like, um, uh, kind of ingredients or like uh, building like blocks or elements, you know, that are needed to build like more complex and kind of like richer systems. So for those maybe unfamiliar, what exactly is Moonbeam? Yeah, so Moonbeam, so I think, I mean, there's a little bit of a story I tell of how we got got to it to just explain kind of the rationale. But, you know, so we started working in Polkadot with Substrate. And I think what we realized pretty quickly was, you know, that our assumptions were you know, correct. That, hey, this is like extremely powerful. You know, you can build your own blockchain. You can connect it like via Polkadot with other chains. But I think what we realized is that, you know, it's powerful, but it's also like fairly complex. So, you know, to, to build like a, a, a parachain or to use Substrate to build a blockchain, I mean, you're still building a blockchain. It's a lot easier than building one from scratch. But, um, you know, it's still perhaps not, I call it not for the faint-hearted. And if you're trying to develop an application and don't want to worry about this like lower level infrastructure, it may not be a good fit. So I think what we realized is, hey, there's there's kind of an opportunity here to create this developer-oriented platform where we kind of, you know, the platform takes care of this like kind of lower level infrastructure and allows developers to just kind of focus on their app and kind of like, you know, kind of have this higher level, more smart contract-like uh, experience. That the, in fact, that's kind of what they're used to, right? Especially people coming from Ethereum. So you know, we kind of said, you know, there's definitely room for this. We want to kind of target this developer-oriented platform within Polkadot that makes it easier for, like, uh, developers to, you know, deploy applications. And um, so then we started pursuing that idea. And even within that idea, I would say that, again, kind of from some of our, you know, from the experience, you know, the technology company building experience we have in the past, you know, we looked and said, okay, what are the different approaches people have taken to solve this problem? And, you know, that's where it became clear that, you know, when you look at like Ethereum, they, I mean, the Ethereum, particularly the technology stack around Ethereum, like is the thing that has like the, the lion's share of the traction basically in the market right now when it comes to developers. I mean, most apps have been built using this tech stack. It has the most maturity in terms of tooling, like developer tools, other services around it. I mean, it's just a, a big diff, a big gap between that ecosystem of tools and anything else. So, you know, we said, look, like th this will be a powerful combination to kind of be able to leverage like all that great work that you know the Ethereum ecosystem like has in terms of tooling and services, uh, but to kind of combine that and marry that with Polkadot, where you have this kind of uh, network system, right? That can like you know where you can have these specialized blockchains in a network system. So that that was kind of the genesis of what led us to this Moonbeam idea, where we wanted to create we got you know, when I we've created uh, basically this like a highly Ethereum compatible Ethereum like environment. But that's like attached, like as a, you know, what they call a parachain is attached as one of these member blockchains into the, the Polkadot network. Speaking of parachains, you recently won a parachain slot on Kusama. Was this, uh, you were one of, you were the second parachain slot. Was this kind of your expectation? You expected to be one of the first or are you surprised to see the community support? Uh, no, you know, I think we're, we're quite pleased with the result. I mean, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there was, there's this auction mechanism to, you know, auction off slots. And then, you know, in addition, um, you know, the Moonbeam Foundation ran, uh, you know, what's called a crowd loan, which is this kind of way that, you know, your community can kind of help support the bootstrapping of a project into one of these slots. And um, yeah, I can only say that we're, you know, quite pleased with the, uh, with the result. Um, you know, I think I've, I mentioned it on a couple of the other, you know, talks I've given that, you know, you kind of work on the software, you work on this project for, you know, for us, it's been quite some time now. And then you come to these moments where things become real, right? So now, you know, there's this this like, tangibility that happens where, you know, your community has to come and express itself, like in order for you to even get in one of these seats. And then, you know, now there's this, you know, that happened and it was successful. And now there's an actual uh, chain that's like producing blocks. So it's pretty exciting. And um, I think probably the most important thing for me that were the most impactful thing for me in the whole process was this this kind of expression from the community, right? So, I mean, yeah, you, you talk about community, it's kind of this abstract thing, but, and yeah, sure, there's a Discord where there's a bunch of messages flying around, but you don't really know who it actually is, right? It's still a little bit like, so I think this is, for me, was quite like, you know, kind of made a big impact on me when you say, okay, well, yes, there is like, you know, a pretty large, I think there was, 
with some eight eight thousand people or something like said yes i will support this project like uh you know getting like one of these spots so that to me was pretty powerful yeah so now with moon river your kusama deployment producing blocks functionality will slowly be uh, slowly start to be added what does the next few weeks and months look like for moon river yeah so uh, and you know bit of context there. So, you know, we have uh, two deployments, you know, that we're working on, uh, one for the Kusama network, one for the Polkadot network. Um, you know, our, our Kusama deployment uh, is called Moon River, which we've been just talking about that, um, you know, has, uh, is, you know, kind of in one of these slots now and producing blocks. Um, there is kind of a, a kind of a launch sequence that we're going through. Um, and so what that means is, you know, we kind of got, you know, into the slot and kind of started producing blocks, but with basically like, almost all of the major functionality kind of turned off, right? So it's block production was happening, block finalization was happening, but, you know, we kind of, um, you know, kind of had these like feature switches where like basically everything else was turned off. The idea was, look, we just want to take things one step at a time, make sure that things are uh, secure and safe at each step of the way, and then start activating features, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, piece by piece. And, um, you know, the reason for that is, you know, of course, um, you know, we, you know, just as a company, right. And like kind of, uh, you know, kind of one of the philosophies of the project is we, we need to prioritize the security and kind of safety of the system, you know, before anything else. So by kind of taking this <clears throat> stepwise approach, um, you know, we can de-risk like any, you know, kind of issues or problems that might happen. Right. So if we go to one step and we see any, you know, any kind of behavior we're not expecting or any kind of issues, we can pause there, address the issues before moving on to the next step. Um, so we have a, you know, a, a, it's a five-step process. There's kind of phases zero, one, two, three, four. Um, we actually just moved from phase zero. We started to phase one. <clears throat> in in phase one, we are uh, in the process right now of onboarding uh, community collators. So, so we have a, a set of collators. So these are collators are what um, uh, in in for a Polkadot parachain. They're kind of a key role. They're basically the block producers of the system. And so we've been working with. Um, you know, community of uh, folks providing this collation function on our testnet for, for some time now, for probably, uh, geez, I would say six months, maybe something like this. And so we're kind of now in the process of onboarding those collators like onto Moon River to decentralize the block production. Right now, you know, to start, like it was just pure stake producing all the blocks. And now we're going to kind of give up control of block production, you know, out to this community. And so that's the step we're in now. And then, you know, we proceed on to other steps such as activating, you know, uh, on-chain governance, um, removing kind of the pseudo key that we have that kind of allows us to do kind of, you know, kind of the God key, right, to make any changes we want. And then the last step would be to activate kind of the full functionality transfers and kind of the uh, uh, EVM uh, functionality. And so we're kind of going through that process now. We're in, you know, this phase one, as I said, there's a couple more phases after us. So we're probably, you know, let's call it like, four or five weeks, you know, expect to be, you know, through all of these different uh, launch steps. And so would it be correct to say after the fourth fourth phase, projects can start to deploy on Moon River? Uh, yes, yeah. that's right. So, I mean, and we're working with a number of uh, 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 of our kind of uh, ecosystem partners right now to, you know, make sure that they're ready to deploy. Uh, you know, there's quite a bit of different things that need to be deployed, like, you know, right out the gate. Um, in particular, some of the uh, bridging Oracle and there's just kind of other, so there's kind of dependencies, right? So if you have a project, you know, you can deploy the project, but it needs some of these other pieces to even, um, you know, be there to be able to function. So, you know, we're trying to kind of line things up. And so there's going to be, you know, definitely quite a bit of deployment activity right out the gate once we kind of complete this phase four and then, um, yeah, and then we're kind of off to the races, right? We'll, we'll kind of start to bootstrap kind of the, the ecosystem on, on Moon River. How quickly do you think after, Phase four, do you think we could see uh, like a decentralized exchange on Moon River or, or some other kind of DAP? Um, you know, I think it's going to be in pretty short order. We um, you know, obviously have uh, uh, a number of partners kind of in this, uh, you know, particularly in the, the DeFi kind of area. Um, you know, there's probably, you know, maybe half a dozen different like, decentralized exchanges among others like lending and borrowing protocol, stable coins. So, um, you know, this is probably the thing that I'm most interested in because, um, you know, frankly, it's, it's, you know, these are some of the dApps that have the highest amount of uh, actual end user engagement, right? So this is like where the, you know, just look at the numbers, right? Where are people actually like using dApps? And it's like, you know, I'd say that this and the NFT areas are the two areas that are getting the most uh, traction at this point. And so, yeah, we, we put a lot of energy into, 
uh, kind of uh, ecosystem building around, <clears throat> you know, uh, in the DeFi area. And, you know, it is a little tricky, right? Because, <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's a lot of technical requirements that we had to meet. So that's one thing uh, which we might want to dig into. But, um, you know, there's also this kind of like, there's a spider web of dependencies, right? So all these, you know, DeFi projects, like there's, you know, each one depends on all these other ones. So then there's kind of this weird chicken and egg problem you have where to get like, you know, any particular project to deploy, they need like three other projects. So then it's kind of like, well, it's kind of who goes first, right? You need to kind of almost get all these kind of, you know, kind of people that depend on each other to kind of like move all at once kind of thing, right? So that's, you know, that definitely um, has been like a, a big uh, you know, focus of, uh, of effort. But um, yeah, that, that's the thing I'm probably most excited about is kind of the activity we're seeing in this area. Yeah, we've been talking about Moon River a little bit, but Moonbeam is obviously your Polkadot uh, parachain. Um, quite a number of projects have kind of signaled that they will be building on Moonbeam. Do you first expect them to launch on Moon River and then transition over to Moonbeam? Do you think some projects will stay on Moon River? Do you think some projects will only deploy on Moonbeam? What, what, what kind of, you have two networks. How, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, it's a good um, question. I would say that um, uh, there is a mix uh, of responses we've gotten, although uh, I would say that there are, you know, a significant number of projects that will be deploying to both. And I would not say that it's a transition, that they, they plan to maintain deployments like on both Moon River and Moonbeam. Uh, there's a subset, you know, a minority of projects that might target actually either or. So they might say, you know, you know what, I'm only going to deploy to Moon River. Or, you know what, like my use case, I need like maximum kind of like economic guarantees. So like I'm only going to deploy to Moonbeam. And so I see, you know, that's kind of the key difference is really the the economic value, like, you know, of the network. And so kind of the economic security guarantees that can be provided uh, and the cost, you know, uh, you know, which is kind of comes in hand in hand. That's the key difference between the two deployments. But from what I can see, you know, in some ways, you know, we're, in the business of providing block space, right? I mean, that's the thing that we have to provide to the market. And what I can see is that there's like quite a lot of demand. So I, I think that, you know, this block space will be filled on both networks. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how things play out. I mean, we're kind of following a little bit in, <clears throat> uh, you know, kind of Parity's idea of having these like dual kind of deployments be long lived and permanent. And, um, you know, I, I think I kind of look to what's happening on Kusama versus Polkadot a little bit to kind of, you know, uh, shapes my thoughts a little bit about what might happen. I mean, what I see happening on Kusama and Polkadot is uh, certain kind of use cases might actually be going, you know, kind of might be primary on one or the other. So, for example, uh, there's quite a bit of NFT activity like on Kusama itself. So, I, you know, those use cases may not require the same degree of um, economic security like as like, uh, you know, high value loans or what have you. Um, and you know they might uh, so they might be a better home on on Moon River or on Kusama, and then you know kind of the the larger kind of like financial more financial use cases like uh, you know may make more sense to be on Polkadot. But these again you know the market will tell us. <laughs> I think you know sometimes it's like you can have whatever ideas you want, but then you get surprised basically by what happens. But that's kind of at least the direction I, I potentially see things moving in. Yeah, with all the developer tools and integrations available on Moonbeam like Chainlink, Open Zeppelin, Remix, MetaMask, the Graph. You're really setting up Moonbeam as a home for EVM projects looking to have some exposure to the Polkadot ecosystem. Moonbeam isn't the only smart contract parachain in the Polkadot ecosystem. How does Moonbeam compare to other projects such as Akala and Asta, formerly known as Plasm? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So let me let me divide that into two kind of halves and first talk a little bit about uh, this kind of like uh, tooling. I mean, I already mentioned it a little bit, but what I'd say here is that... Um, you know, I think that this was like a big learning that we had as we were building out like our ecosystem and partners was we said, you know, we first said, okay, great. We want to create this Ethereum-like environment. Let's, you know, let's kind of assemble all the pieces that we need. Let's develop pieces that are missing. And then, you know, so we kind of got to this point where we had this like core functioning, right? We had this kind of core Ethereum-like system functioning. I think what we pretty quickly realized after that when we were kind of engaging with partners was that that's not enough, basically. So you can have kind of a, you know, you know, Ethereum-like system, like, you know, a lot of times people will, even on other chains, will just fork Geth, right? They kind of fork Geth and they get an Ethereum-like system there almost for free. I mean, in our case, we have a from scratch implementation in Substrate, but, you know, you can just fork Geth and achieve the same thing. But I think what we, the feedback we immediately got from projects trying to, you know, that we want to work with was like, okay, great that you have that, but, 
you know, our front end relies on the graph. Like we uh, rely on, you know, Chainlink or band oracles. We, you know, um, you know, we need um, these other like uh, these other like API, um, you know, API services. Um, we, uh, you know, need like we use these deployment tools. Like, uh, you know, so th there was like this long list of things that like projects came to us and said like we need these other things to be working in order for us to be able to deploy. So that and you know, I'd say that we achieved this kind of core Ethereum compatibility, you know, some time ago. And, you know, the last I'll almost call it like nine months has been more on kind of working on these other areas, all these like supporting things that are needed that, you know, we got feedback from these like early deployment partners. Um, you know, I I'll highlight one, like, you know, one that was you know, not obvious from the start that we knew we needed was basically to have like a, an EVM aware block explorer so people could understand, you know, things like ERC-20 creations and, you know, uh, like smart contract to smart contract calls like that were happening like in, in you know, different blocks. And, uh, you know, that turned out, you know, simple to say, but that turned out to be a whole odyssey of, you know, we had to create these like uh, debug and tracing RPCs, like, and, you know, add support for that in the node. And there was a whole set of engineering work that had to happen in order to make that like possible. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the first part of the question is, you know, we, and we have a bunch and we continue to work on expanding, you know, this set of like integrations and tools around the platform, largely based on feedback that we're getting from, uh, the projects that are, de that are deploying to us. And I see that as something that's going to continue like onwards, right? That's, uh, you know, it takes quite a bit of, um, of, uh, of work to kind of get all these integrations in place. Um, but getting to, you know, the, the second part of the question that you asked was kind of a little bit of a, you know, comparison, I guess, within the Polkadot ecosystem. <clears throat> uh, you know, there are, there are several, I think you mentioned uh, uh, A-Star and, um, is that how you pronounce it, by the way? A-Star, I think. And uh, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. And, uh, and Akala. So the first point I'd make is that, you know, we're all, I think we're all friends. I mean, you know, Rutau and Sota are like, you know, we're you know, we know each other well, we are, you know, I would, that's one thing I would say about the Polkadot ecosystem. It's like, it's quite like a supportive and kind of like friendly place. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and we plan, for example, on integrations with both of those like parachains to uh, be able to bi-directionally uh, move, uh, you know, our platform tokens, like, you know, to and from, uh, you know, those two. Um, as far as smart contract functionality goes, I would probably, you know, my, my take would be that uh, A-Star is, you know, more similar in terms of like the the focus to us than than Akala, right? So for I mean, you know, my mind Akala is kind of the, you know, they're they're aiming to be kind of the the Terra of like uh of the Polkadot ecosystem, right? So they've have like you know a suite of like actual DeFi products, that and they have this kind of idea of like we can make those good by having them be kind of having our own chain like and having them be optimized, right? So it's kind of like a similar idea, I think, to the spot that, you know, Terra occupies within the Cosmos like ecosystem where, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, that uh, there, you know, that, that's, you know, I think part of the uh, Polkadot concept is like, you know, by having your own chain and specializing it, you can kind of get like advantages that way. And uh, they've obviously done like a tremendous job, you know, um, kind of getting awareness for their project and building, you know, those those products, technical expertise and, and so on. But I see that as kind of different than, you know, our idea where, you know, we're aiming to be like a platform, like we don't have any like end user facing DeFi or other features, like, you know, we're just like a pure kind of infrastructure project. So uh, if you're a project that like, um, you know, has like a DeFi product, uh, I think that, uh, you know, this, you know, this would be something where, um, yeah, I think that if you're looking for a platform, then, you know, that's one thing versus if you're looking for you know, a product. They're, they're just kind of different things in my mind. And like you, you focus on different things like when you're trying to build a platform versus you're trying to build a, a product. So I, that's kind of the difference I see on that end. Uh, with, uh, you know, with, with uh, A-Star, I think it's a little bit different where, you know, I would say the key difference is that we're just focused on this like Ethereum and EVM uh, compatibility, uh, you know, and this is where we've, you know, been wor you know, working directly with Parity to kind of push like that like, compatibility and substrate forward. Um, you know, we're one of the, the primary contributor outside of Parity to this frontier repository that like is where we've, by agreement with them, we're putting a lot of this work so that other people can use it. Uh, and, you know, again, I don't want to speak for, uh, for A-Star because I'm definitely less familiar, but, you know, at a high level, the concept is that there's multiple kind of uh, uh, technology stack choices like on A-Star, right? So, 
there's you know uh, EV you know this frontier work we've worked on has been incorporated there, so you can use that. But there's also um, you know the Polkadot native ink like uh, technology, which is a different smart contract um, kind of stack. And then there's you know some layer two like integral layer two functionality. So I think that it's kind of a, a thing where there's multiple different choices over there. So I'd say the key difference is that we're just you know 100% focused on this like Ethereum style compatibility, which, you know, just for rationale of why we did that is that's kind of when we went and talked to, you know, a lot of the partners that we're working with, that's what they had expressed like a preference for. So that's why we decided to focus on that. Hmm. Uh, I, I saw some of your talks recently, like at the uh, Polkadot Decoded and other events like that. And you seem to uh, suggest Moonbeam as kind of the third option. You have you know, Ethereum as number one, Binance Smart Chain as number two, and uh, Moonbeam as number three. But it seems like uh, recently there's just more and more chains popping up all the time. We even have like a KuCoin chain. We have a Horby eco chain. Do you think the the ecosystem is getting too fragmented or or too uh, you know pulling in different directions? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the thing. I'll, so here's what I'd say first is that the proliferation of these EVM compatible chains is not like that surprising to me. Because, you know, again, I think one of the premises that even we might have made a bet on like back in 2019 when we started was that, you know, it's this, it's, it's less that it's like Ethereum itself is, it, but it's this Ethereum technology stack, which is for better, or for worse. I mean, I know it has quirks and whatever, but it is basically the, uh, the de facto standard for building dApps. And so I think that the market is kind of like realizing this, right. And saying that, you know, Yes, I mean, obviously there's, you know, Ethereum continues to be the place where the most value is, but it's really like, it's kind of this technology stack, which if you kind of create like a deployment environment elsewhere and have some set of users and assets like around that deployment, um, you know, you're going to get like uh, uh, organic traction. You're going to get like developers building there because it's kind of conformant. It's kind of the standard, right? And uh, this is what we've seen is I think in my mind, it's kind of like it was first to BSC got like a lot of traction early in the year. I think then it kind of, shifted towards actually like Polygon, I'd say, right? Is like where, you know, more recently there's been a lot of activity. Um, you know, that seems to be perhaps like, uh, you know, on the wane a little bit. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's just because of the, it's because of this, like this fact that the ETH tech stack is a standard that I think that makes, that lowers the friction a lot basically, right? And so then the question becomes less about the technical friction of like, hey, do I need, I need to re-implement my whole dApp in some other tech stack? And becomes more opportunistic. It's about, where is it that I can grow my protocol? Where is it that I can find like new users and assets to serve? Um, that's the kind of discussion that like, you know, we've been having with a lot of projects is, you know, these projects are, you know, they're, they're driven by certain goals, right? So especially these DeFi protocols are saying like, hey, look, I need to grow my active users. I need to grow the, you know, either TVL or transaction fees or other things. How do I do that? Like, so I can do that by trying to steal market share from competitors on Ethereum. But I think a lot of people are saying, you know what? Like I'm going to like, it's, it's much easier for me to go expand, like, and I'm uncontested or like kind of, there's much less competition in like some of these other chains. And I think, you know, I had an interesting discussion with, um, uh, with, uh, Maki from like, Sushi the other day where he was like, well, we were kind of like, we were at first quite hesitant to like do this multi-chain expansion because what we thought would be the case is we thought we'd be kind of like splintering ourselves. So we thought that like, if we went to other chains, it would be the same users on Ethereum would like, you know, that we already had would kind of transfer their assets to these other chains. And so all we do is kind of splinter ourselves into multiple different parts. He's like, but what we found is we found it's actually new users like on the, on the other chains. Like each chain has its own user base. And it's like, it's much more the case that it's like new users and additives. Like when you go to different chains, you don't lose like the you know, TVL or users from Ethereum, you are gaining like other users. And I, I think that's correct. I mean, you look at like Polkadot, there's a different set of users like in the Polkadot ecosystem. Uh, in fact, I think a lot of them are like not like as DeFi oriented as like, uh, you know, some of the more Ethereum oriented people. So I think, you know, this is something where I think we probably, you know, have some, there's some education that needs to happen even like for people on how to like, you know, be an LP into like an AMM and other things. Like these are not things that like I think a lot of the people that are like in Polkadot have done. So I think, you know, but but you can see that this is the opportunity is that there's, you know, things like, uh, you know, even from remember KSM and like these different assets don't exist on Ethereum. So there's a new set of assets and then there's a new set of users. So it's kind of growth opportunities for these protocols. That's that's kind of like what I see. And then, you know, if you can offer that growth, but like minimize the friction and minimize any of the engineering work, it's like, well, 
okay, so then it's like, you know, it seems to be kind of like a no-brainer, right? Like for, for, for a lot of people. Yeah, I think Binance Smart Chain really kind of opened the eyes of a lot of projects to, uh, you know, how easy it is to to bring in a new set of users and things like that. And then from Hallby, uh, sorry, from Binance Smart Chain, now they're looking at Polygon, they're looking at all the different opportunities, right? Like they're, they're very much uh, not just stuck on Ethereum, which is nice. To encourage projects building uh, on, on Moonbeam or Moon River, um, what are your plans to support and encourage these projects? Uh, do you have like some kind of fund or, or an ecosystem development plan? How are you going to bring people over? How are you going to keep them there? Yeah. So, I mean, first I've mentioned that, of course, we're uh, kind of a lot of these things are done in partnership with the Moonbeam Foundation, who's the actual kind of entity standing behind uh, uh, the network and running a lot of these programs. But yeah, I'd say that, um, you know, one of the uh, things we have is we do have like a, uh, kind of an ecosystem and grants like program. Uh, this is something that has been instrumental in, um, you know, helping kind of, uh, you know, get traction, like even around the ecosystem partners that we have, these pre-launch like, uh, you know, partners who have been, you know, developing and testing things on our test net to be ready for uh, deployments like onto Moon River first and then Moonbeam. Uh, so, and then that will continue, right? I mean, the, the foundation will continue to run uh, our grants like program, uh, you know, to help, you know, to, to help bootstrap uh, things. I would say that the second thing, which is a little bit of a preview, we, you know, that has not been announced uh, formally yet, is that, you know, we are uh, in the planning stages for some uh, liquidity, like uh, bootstrapping programs um, that will help, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in this kind of DeFi area to help uh, uh, bootstrap activity. Uh, you know, this is not new. Uh, this is something we, you know, there's, uh, we, we have been studying kind of programs that have been, um, you know, employed on other, uh, in other ecosystems. And, uh, I think that that's like a, you know, pretty powerful tool, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that can be used to, to help, uh, bootstrap kind of, uh, an ecosystem. So, um, you know, more to come on that, but that's something that is, uh, being looked at that, um, you know, that the foundation will, will likely be running. And, um, yeah, I think that, you know, th there's those things, but I think, you know, I'd also say that some of it comes down to just, uh, you know, good honest, like roll up the sleeves, kind of like um, BD work, right? I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, getting out to people, talking to them, like, uh, you know, helping them understand kind of what the opportunity is, like what, you know, so I do think that people tend to underestimate that sometimes, that you just need like, you know, a little bit of like uh, hustle and legwork to be to be the case to, you know, just get, get to projects and kind of establish relationships. And, um, you know, I mean, the ecosystem is still like not huge, right? So it's like, I think with a relatively... Uh, you know, modest team, you can still, you know, make a big impact in terms of just like having those like uh, discussions and relationships and, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, building that ecosystem. Yeah. So Moonbeam is quite unique in that there hasn't been any public sale of tokens. And currently the only tokens with distribution plans are mover tokens from the Moon River crowd loan. Will there be a public sale of Moonbeam in the future? What are the plans for the Moonbeam token? <laughs> Yeah. So again, uh, you know, uh, I'll comment on behalf of the foundation here a little bit, who will be the, the entity kind of running, uh, you know, running anything in this, uh, in this area. Um, but, uh, you know, there definitely is uh, a plan for a, um, uh, a public sale uh, for Glimmer, uh, you know, moon, Moonbeam uh, tokens. Uh, that's to happen kind of, um, you know, let's call it like uh, late, late summer. Um, so that is something that uh, is being, uh, is being planned. Um yeah, and you know, I think that there may be uh, you know other mechanisms too. Like you know, it's still a bit open question whether there'll be a crowd loan as well. Um, you know, on uh, uh, for Moonbeam, I, I think that it likely is the case, but you know, that's that's kind of being kind of thought through uh, by the foundation now. Yeah, so uh, now with almost the first five Kusama parachain auctions complete. Uh, do you think we're getting close to the Polkadot parachain auctions? I, I hear some people saying could be end of August. Uh, you know, people come and ask me that question as if like I had some sort of special insider knowledge. Uh, but the, 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 the fact of the matter is I don't know much more than anyone else who's kind of just been trying to follow and, and, and what have you. Uh, I think uh, this is just part of like, I guess, Parity's policy, like in Web3 Foundation's policy on, on these things. Um, you know, my, my, 
if I were to make a guess, I, I would say that there's still kind of quite a bit of learning going on, like on the Kusama parachain deployments. And I think that, uh, you know, those, you know, I, I think that like the surprises and learnings that are happening, like need to like, you know, need to be ironed out before, you know, they'll move forward. So I'll give you an example, like, uh, you know, we, we like uh, hit an issue even like last week where, you know, we attempted like a, you know, a democracy, a kind of an on-chain governance uh, based like upgrade, like of like the Moon River parachain, which is, you know, the way that I think parachains are expected to do things. I think we were the first person, the first team to try this and like we hit an issue. Like, you know, so we hit like a bug basically that, you know, was, I mean, you know, obviously parody has been great. Like, you know, so they were, they've been extremely supportive. They're right there. We kind of, you know, the, the uh, uh, Kusama, like a uh, uh, technical committee kind of stepped in to like, uh, you know, to help us out and like, you know, fix it. But you know, the, I think there's still some, it's quite complex system. And I think that as these first chains come to life, there's still going to be some, you know, some learning. So I would, ex you know, so my expectation is that that will be given a chance to play out a little bit. Um, and then once, you know, this is kind of the whole concept around Kusama is like, let's use this as like a, a, a real network with real value to, you know, prove things out. And uh, so I think that's kind of happening now. So I would expect kind of, as you say, that once, you know, any kind of bumps or surprises kind of like smooth out, you know, then that that's when like, uh, they'll, you know, they will proceed to like to polka dots. And I think that, you know, the timing you mentioned is probably correct, something like that. So uh, especially on Binance Smart Chain, we saw a number of scams pop up that tarnished the name of BSC. This is also happening now on Polygon, uh, KuCoin chain. It happens across every chain. Is this something you're concerned about uh, with Moonriver and Moonbeam? In, is there anything that you're planning to kind of reduce these potential issues? No, it's it's a good um, <clears throat> it's a good question. I mean, so yeah, am I worried about it? Like, yes. I mean, so you know, you have these permissionless systems that obviously is a great source of strength and a great, uh, you know, th th that censorship resistance is part of the, the core idea, right? You remove that and you've removed a lot of the, like the, the key value of like the system itself, but you know, a lot, you know, you, you get kind of a, a mix sometimes of like who it is that takes advantage of those, of those, uh, features. Um, so I don't think that, uh, you know, some sort of like censoring cap thing is like not necessarily you know that's not something that you know we'll be able to do and keep with like the principles that are kind of driving like the you know the the idea and the development in the first place so i think that like um you know the the best uh that we can do is provide like the right like transparency supporting infrastructure um so that like um you know just end users can be as educated as, as possible so we will be helping to support that we have some new for example some new um uh, explore kind of like options that will be uh, coming online uh, later in the summer that I think will help with that kind of uh, visibility. Um, I think that, uh, you know, our, we are taking pretty rapid steps here to uh, decentralize the network. So it won't be the case that we'll even be able to, you know, that the foundation will be able to, you know, directly intervene on, on some of these things, unlike other chains, which kind of are retaining like a more centralized control over things. I mean, the, so we are pretty serious about uh, giving that up uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, but, you know, well, that doesn't mean that we can't, um, you know, uh, uh, use on-chain governance, right, to do what we feel is the right thing. So I, I, we are prepared to do that if there's some clear case of, you know, something that requires, like, you know, some form of on-chain governance-oriented, like, intervention to, you know, rectify something. Like, we, you know, we will uh, do what we believe is right in, in that regard. Um, but, yeah, those are, those are some of the thoughts there. Yeah. So it seems like uh, NFTs are starting to get popular again. Uh, trading volumes are up and things like that. And Moonbeam uh, supports ERC721 tokens. So uh, what can you tell us about NFTs on Moonbeam and Moonriver? You know, what uh, projects can people, or what can people do with their NFTs? Yeah, so, well, obviously, um, the first point I'd make is, you know, what you kind of already mentioned, which is that, you know, as, that's the great, as part of this kind of Ethereum compatibility strategy, is that, you know, all, you know, you kind of don't have to recreate the wheel, right? So all of these standards that like already exist and are well understood and supported by, you know, a whole ecosystem of tools and other things like, um, you know, can be leveraged. So that's 721s, 755s. Um, I would say that 
you know, our, while the primary kind of like uh, internal BD focus has been on, uh, you know, is, you know, just been in DeFi because that's where the, the most projects have been um, that are deploying. Uh, we are definitely seeing, you know, tra- traction and activity in like the NFT area. Um, so we have like, a, you know, a number of projects that like uh, will be deploying, um, you know, uh, that are offering either, you know, creator platforms or uh, bridging infrastructure that's NFT specific or uh, marketplaces. Um, so we will have, we will have that. I, I am, I would say that that's the second thing that I'm, you know, most bullish on after DeFi. And in fact, like even to categorize things like that is a little bit not quite correct because, you know, what we, what I see now is that there's all, you know, the, the line between those two categories is not necessarily so clear. There's a lot of projects that, you know, is it an NFT project or is it a DeFi project? You kind of might be one or the other, depending on which way you kind of squint or which way you look at it. So, um, you know, this is where <clears throat> you kind of see that there's not like discrete categories. They're all kind of connected. And, you know, even back to that broader idea of like, well, do NFT use cases go to, uh, you know, kind of uh, reside on Moon River versus more heavy duty DeFi use cases on Moonbeam? You still need like the DeFi infrastructure like on Moon River anyway, right? To like even have like the NFT, NFT kind of products require that even, I think, to be functional. So, um, yeah, this is where kind of everything is, is, is tied together. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I see kind of quite a bit of innovation here. I, I kind of see this as that, uh, you know, NFTs, like th- there's, it's open to this like new design space. There's this new canvas to paint on that is like pretty much still pretty blank and wide open, right? So I think with, you know, fungible tokens and kind of these DeFi use cases, it's still pretty open, but it's perhaps a few chapters like further along in terms of different ideas, different things that are kind of tried and true at this point. Whereas with NFTs, you know, I see it as still like pretty early and there's a lot more that's going to come, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, what would be the dream project for you to launch on Moonbeam or Moon River, aside from Uniswap, of course? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath on uh, on that one. But um, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pleased by like the, you know, the traction that we've gotten. I mean, and yeah, actually, I mean, not all, there are, there are a number of other uh, collaborations that are in our pipeline that are not public yet that I, you know, unfortunately I can't disclose right now, but I, you know, that you'll see in the coming weeks here. Um, you know, we have been engaging with like, you know, extremely like high quality teams, um, you know, that are uh, going to be deploying uh, that, you know, I think will really bootstrap this kind of like DeFi ecosystem. So that's a little bit of news, uh, uh, you know, news to come. But um, I think, you know, the thing that I'm also, uh, you know, that we are going to spend, you know, some more time on, like as we launch would be, I think a lot of, uh, you know, our energy has been on engaging with teams, these kind of like, you know, pretty sophisticated and larger teams that are pursuing these multi-chain expansions. But um, I do also, you know, see like a pretty big opportunity for us on the, what I'd call kind of the native slash organic kind of side of things, right? Because, you know, again, the original idea was that, you know, kind of building in substrate is, is great, but like not necessarily a good fit for everyone. And, you know, I think once we launch, like, I think we're going to be the easiest place to like bootstrap like a new project if you just want to get something off the ground quickly. I mean, you know, if you're trying to even just launch like an ERC-20, I mean, that's obviously just as easy as it will be on, you know, BSC, Polygon or, you know, anywhere else basically. And so um, to try to like help support, you know, good quality, like new teams that are trying to build something new, and maybe they even have a plan ultimately to be like a, a full parachain, you know, but a lot of teams aren't starting there. So I think um, that's something that I'm pretty interested in is kind of being a, a great place where people can, you know, kind of bootstrap themselves and start off that are like looking to build like Polkadot native applications. Mm. We had a, a nice DeFi summer last year and then probably Binance Smart Chain season, now kind of Polygon season. Is there, are we coming up to Polkadot summer? Mm, well, we'll see, I guess, right? So I'm, I'm quite hopeful uh, that, uh, well, I mean, let's put it this way, right? I think that uh, the potential of Polkadot is like about to be open. It just like hasn't been open, right? So there's been this relay chain, there's been this relay chain asset. There's obviously quite a bit of interest in the, you know, in terms of developer activity and in terms of, um, you know, uh, just people being interested in the project. But I feel like it's really the launch of these parachains that like, you know, allows like the network to express itself at its at its full potential. And um, so I, you know, I think that like that's, you know, that that should lead to like a next wave of like interest and, and innovation, like as like that 
additional design space is kind of opened up and people can kind of express themselves right and to the market. And like I said, I, I do think that you know the reason we made a bet here in Polkadot is that you know my belief is that it, it has this underlying structure that's going to be you know quite a big advantage in the long term. You know uh, that structure being that you know you kind of have this like built-in native networking layer that allows you know you to speak with other projects. I do think that that is like a pretty big uh, advantage. It is not really appreciated that well now, and I think so. So I think as these like parachains come up, as uh, you know, uh, you start to see deployments. I think that um, you know, on the long run, you know, this like underlying structural, you know, better infrastructure, I'd say, is going to like yield like long term advantages. So um, you know, that's why we you know, continue to be quite bullish on you know on what the long term prospects are here. Hmm. So speaking of long-term prospects, last question, where will Moonbeam Moonriver be in six to 12 months? What's your goal and where do you think you're heading? Right. Um, so I would say, uh, well, I mean, we, you know, we, we haven't launched Moonbeam, so like we will definitely want to have launched that on, on schedule. Um, uh, so that's one imp- other important milestone in there. But I think for me, it would be, you know, what I would consider successful is if, you know, a year from now, if there is kind of this, this like uh, growing and kind of organic like uh, ecosystem that's kind of come to life on both Moon River and Moonbeam, um, you know that's the thing that you know I, I see kind of our role is just kind of like helping guide that, but we can't be that right. I mean that comes from you know actual projects and communities kind of finding utility in like this new space that's been created to express themselves, and so I think. Um, you know, that's the thing that I'll, I'll consider success is if, you know, through kind of the creation of this new kind of space and through, you know, just some of the from the side supporting activity that we can do if, you know, there's just like real organic activity like on both platforms and real, um, you know, which will express itself in terms of like transactions, perhaps TVL in, in like protocols, other things. Uh, that's like a, uh, that's what I consider success, and I, I you know I'm quite you know I'm quite optimistic about that. Given you know even like where we've gotten to, I mean effectively pre-launch here, right? I mean, we've already um, you know made quite a bit of progress, I would say, in in uh, helping make sure that that happens. Derek, thanks so much for joining the Layer Zero podcast. Uh, where can people find more information about Moonbeam and Moon River? Uh, yeah, so I think uh, best place would probably be um, you know I'll start with the websites. So that's uh, Moonbeam.network is a great place uh, to start that actually has information about uh, both networks. Um, you know, we're uh, you know, pretty active, um, you know, on uh, Telegram as well as, you know, Discord. Discord is really where the, the more, if you're a developer, or the more technical discussions or people have questions about how the system works, that's probably the best place to go. And um, yeah, Don, thanks for having me, uh, you know, on the, on the show here. Thank you.